In this episode, we will talk with Paola Hernandez. She's a fashion designer based in New York City about how her creative processes are created. We will talk about the role of sustainability inside the fashion industry. We will talk about the challenges between work and being a mother and how to be able to move forward with that balance. We will talk a lot about um, how her husband's creative processes differs from her processes. And we're going to talk about what's the role of art and fashion design in emotional development and creative flow. So you can tune in with us and join this Emotional Luan podcast, this episode with Paola Hernandez. See you there. One Emotional Podcast, conversations for inspiration on the go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, Paula. How are you? Welcome to Hi. One Emotional Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Mm, it's our pleasure. And um, before we start, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, who Paola is. And Paola is a New York City-based fashion designer, philosopher, born in Mexico City. She started her career designing women's work, men's work, knitwear, jewelry, and shoes in 2010. She believes fashion is a manifestation of collective consciousness in every day. And her main sources of inspiration are yoga, meditation, books, dance, and visual art. She studied philosophy in Mexico City, and then she studied fashion at Central St. Martin's College of Art and Design in London. Paola, so how is fashion related to embodiment, spirituality, and presence? Well, yes, yeah, you well said, to me, fashion is just another way of expression. Um, in my creative process, I feel like I actually embody my own spiritual journey by approaching personal questions that I have about evolution or about my own personal experience, um, by choosing different colors or materials that start guiding me to try to, to lay down almost like the, the answer to, to that main question that I, that I started my, my collection with. Mm, amazing. And how does art in your personal opinion or in your experience actually awaken the spirit? Well, I feel art definitely comes from a state of creation. That's like a pure, language to the spirit so i feel mm -hmm. that once um the artist is connected to the expression i feel that whoever encounters that experience can connect to that in many different levels as deep as they want to or as simple as they want to but it definitely talks to the spirit because it comes from that it's kind of like the language of the spirit of course. And in, and for example, talking about um, how are your creative processes? How do you actually connect kind of like the, the creative energy to your creative source? 
Well, I would say um, in my process, silence is really important. So I like having a clean space that is mainly in silence and and either through knitting or lately I've been weaving as well. <clears throat> I sort of like get into like a meditative state where I start going with the flow of what's like almost like coming like through me. So I'm part of, I'm part of the creation through my body, but it, it really feels more like a flow. Mm. And honestly, how do you manage those silence moments when you have two daughters? <laughs> how can you pull that off? That is a good question. Well, usually my silent moments are more in the mornings when they're at school. Um, and then I have like that space and time to myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I have learned to do with motherhood, because I actually really enjoy spending my time with them and having them be part of my creative process. So what I do is I just invite them to be part of it. So sometimes if I'm knitting and they want to be with me, I just like carry them and they knit with me or they want to learn. So they do it with me. Um, so yeah, it's just inviting them to be part of, part of the process. And uh, yeah, and knowing that things will move a little slower because they're participating, but at the same time, it feels more empowering and enriching to be, to be able to, to almost to include that part of myself. Cause I feel that when I became a mother, I realized of like a new dimension that was available to me. Mm -hmm. And by including them, I include that, that, that dimension as well. Of course. And most of the time, I believe that when we're teaching, it could be our kids or it could be a classroom, it could be anything, else, anything around us. We're actually kind of like learning more about ourselves and about the process, right? And, and, and I believe yeah. that if we can teach to, how old are your daughters? Two and four. If we can teach a two and a four year old, <laughs> no, eventually uh, we can teach, you know, to almost anyone. If we can actually have the content digested for that age group, then eventually everybody could understand what we want to teach, right? Yeah, totally. And something that, that's been really valuable for me that I have learned through motherhood is that capacity of slowing down. I feel like when you become an adult and you're working, it always feels like you're kind of like moving a little fast to accomplish like everything you want to do. Uh, but then with young kids, they, they, they have almost taught me how to slow down and then go deeper into like one more simple part of the process. Of course. So in a way they have also been my, uh, my teachers. <laughs> of course. And I believe there's also around kind of like this, um, slow movement, right? Kind of like taking the time to eat, taking the time to work, taking the time to do our creative processes. And I think kids are a great example of that because as you know, as being a mother, they have maybe one new thing per week, not kind of like a new, a new thing they do or new thing they like or new thing they say. And if you're not there kind of like appreciating the moment and actually, you know, slowing down to be present to that, Eventually, the next week, that new thing they started to say, it's almost gone and they have a new thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And I feel fashion can be that same way. So I, I like the, the, yeah, the parallel that you're saying because I feel fashion always moves fast as well. 
-hmm. But if you take the time to slow down and be present, you can almost like enjoy like all the richness that's mm -hmm. between one, 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 one step and the next. Mm -hmm. Totally. And your husband is a painter, right? Yeah, my husband's an artist. He's a painter and lately he's been uh, doing sculpture as well. Okay, amazing. And for example, how are your creative processes different? How is his creative process confer uh, differentiated from yours? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. I feel that my creative process comes more from like a deep place of trying to figure out a little bit better what the human existence is about than, mm -hmm. and the spirit. And I feel like his is more about mastering a technique mm -hmm. through repetition. Mm -hmm. So he prefers to almost do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Practice uh, makes perfect, right? For him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. So, yeah. Because I think becoming an artist, and I think you've experienced that, you need to understand and find where's your flow, mm -hmm. right? And exactly. If, yeah. If you if you studied not like uh, like you were studying over in uh, London with other different students that are also becoming artists, each of them have a different creative process and a different way of, of, of achieving that flow and actually being felt immersed in that kind of like creative energy in the, in the moment that we all lose kind of like track of time and we're completely immersed in the activity that we're doing. What other examples of creative processes have you seen from uh, peers, from teachers, from uh, colleagues that you've seen around? Hmm. I mean, as yes, you will said, I always feel really inspired by other creative people. So one practice that I really appreciate and, uh, and, and find to be very profound is definitely poetry and writing. Mm. I feel that with one word, they can almost like paint a picture that not only has colors and texture, but also has a feeling and it can almost like transport you somewhere else. Um, so, so yeah, I would say in general, when people keep it a little bit more simple and focused, I feel that's when it touches me the most when I'm like, Oh, okay. So then I can just almost like feel bathed by their own experience. And that's what I usually try to do with my creation. I want to make sure people can, tap into my feeling as I was creating it. And something that's really important to me is to create clothes that feel comfortable so you can be yourself mm -hmm. rather than be like fighting these like uncomfortable shoe or uncomfortable dress that maybe makes you look really pretty. But my clothes are more about helping you feel grounded, making you feel comfortable and ultimately just being yourself. Yes. And what about the relationship between um, clothing and expressing yourself? Do you think we have coherence as human beings in that? Definitely. I feel that even if it's unconscious, you're constantly expressing yourself through what you're wearing. And that's something that I really like about clothes, that they keep on evolving even after you create them because people can style them in different ways. And I feel it even, they even evolve as you, as you grow. Like even if it's the same piece of clothing, you may wear it in a different way. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, through time. So, so I like how they keep on evolving with you to help you express who you are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've done the experiments of um, almost doing the reverse. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling a little low or sad, like what happens if I put some color into my, my look that day? And, 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 and that energy kind of helps me get out of that, like, almost like low state, you know? Of course. Yeah. Actually, you know, um, dressing up change and has the power to change your emotional state, right? You've mm-hmm. seen it, for example, um, I believe we've all been to kind of like a costume party and eventually when you're there because you dressed up and you are playing a character and everything, the vibe around the party or the dinner starts feeling completely different. Right. And also, yeah. especially kind of like having something on that connects with you or that helps you express. Or for example, if it's a rainy day and you want to be kind of like covered up with like really thick socks and kind of like watching TV, it's also your clothing is actually comforting you in some sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe exactly. That's kind of like a starting point that we, we should change as a society uh, how we dress for funerals, for example. No, instantly that everybody is yeah. dressed in black instantly creates a really, really saddening, you know, uh, vibe. I know that there's something yeah. to be sad about, but, you know, we should actually yes. change that format. <laughs> totally. Yes. I went to a ceremony that was hosted for a friend of mine that passed away three years ago. And uh, instead of wearing black, we were all wearing white Mm. and it felt uplifting and it felt more about celebrating her life rather Mm. than, than almost like make the the actual grief like more intense. It creates a completely different vibe. Yeah. I can share something with that as well, that when I was young, when I was in high school, there was a very big accident in Mexico in Valle Bravo. And, um, the, the sister of a friend of mine, um, she passed away and she wrote a few, um, a few weeks before that she wanted her funeral for everybody to go dressed in colors and have lots of, uh, colorful flowers. And the vibe instantly mm-hmm. was completely different. You know, it actually changed mm-hmm. the way that people were relating to each other. Yeah, and- totally. But I want to ask you something. Um, eventually, I think most creative people have had some serious obstacles, right? Because sometimes it could be having obstacles with uh, inspiration. It could be having obstacles with those moments that you're not advancing. It could be economic obstacles. It could be any kind of obstacles. And we're all human and we all have them. What has been kind of like one of the most important obstacles that you've seen in your career? Yeah, I would say probably, yeah, more than an obstacle, I would almost describe it as a knot. It's kind of like a knot that you need to untie to almost figure out like how to keep on moving. Um, And I would say the biggest challenge has definitely been moving to New York. I mean, when I was living in Mexico City, um, I felt like my career was... Yeah, almost easy. I mean, not easy, but it was just almost what it was, right? And then moving to a different country where I had to even like meet new people and figure out like what neighborhood I liked or what neighborhood would be more similar to what I like about like living in New York, etc. Like all of those big changes, even like speaking in English more than in Spanish, like all of those big changes felt like a huge... um 
yeah, challenge because it's only it's it's in different levels. It's like in a personal level, it's in a creative level. It's like it's almost like if you're a plant and then you're like transported to like a totally different environment and you're like okay now what like even the 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 seasons which i really appreciate i love how you can see uh the seasons changing much more than than in mexico and i like that but when it gets cold it's like oh my god like why am i living in this place you know um so that was probably uh a challenging time in my life but at the same time it was really exciting and i always saw it as an experiment no, I knew what I would come back to Mexico if I decided to go back. If I didn't like it, I thought, okay, let's give it a try for a year. And after that, I'll, I'll make a decision. And then I really, I really felt like this is my place. Even though I'm from Mexico, I feel like New York City is a place that makes everyone feel included. And even though if you're like different to other people, we're, we all belong together. Mm-hmm. And that has always been really inspiring. And parallel to that, I also met Michael and I also got my green card as an outstanding talent. So it almost felt like all of these other moments in my life were welcoming me here. Mm-hmm. But that was probably the biggest, the biggest change. Change, of course. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get in life what you want, you get what you need. Right? Yeah. And eventually mm-hmm. a lot of magic started happening once that you were already moved in New York City. Right. Yes. That's wonderful. And for example, you studied philosophy and now you're a fashion designer. How actually, how, how did that happen? How did you, how did, um, did that initial spark about studying philosophy started? So, yeah, I mean, since I was young, I've always been curious to understand the meaning of life, uh, the meaning of my own existence. So when I had to choose something that I had to study that at the time, it feels like almost like what you're going to do the rest of your life. It feels like a decision of like something that's going to be for the rest of your life. Uh, I was like, okay, I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life right now, but I know that I want to use this time to go deep and study more about what's uh, like human history, like the evolution of um of, yeah, like just like philosophy in general, like the evolution of humanity. And then with that, um, understand a little bit better my, my kind of like my own personal uh, path, like what, why am I here for? And then in that path, like writing essays and reading books, I realized that where I feel the most connected is when I'm creating. Mm. And, and then I think it was like the last year of, of, uh, of college in Mexico that I, that I, I started making clothes as well, just for myself, mm-hmm. but then other people that, 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 that saw me wearing them, they actually asked me if I, if I could make it for them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't make clothes for people. And they're like, but I love it. And, and I think you can do it. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can do it. Right. So I feel like all of those moments were also, pulling me to a new direction in my life. Um, and that's how it all started. And then after that, I finished philosophy. And I was like, I really want to go deep into fashion a little bit more, like understand a little bit more of like the technical aspects of that and then understand why I want to do it. And that's when I went to London. And that's when I was like, okay, I want to call it Paula Hernandez because that's my name. So it's kind of like the way artists sign their work. And I want to, I want to create a brand that talks about 
consciousness and about about being truthful to yourself about like following your path mm. um and then at the same time i was learning more like technical aspects of fashion and and that's how it all happened and then from there i went back to mexico city with like a very clear idea of what i wanted to make and And it was really nice because at the beginning I was a little sad about being back in Mexico because I felt like, oh no, like there's no fashion here. Like being a student for fashion in London and going out to parties makes fashion feel like part of everyone's life, right? And then you go back to Mexico and you're like, oh, where are those people here? But then, um, then I started meeting other designers that also had really great inspiring ideas and we became... A movement. I mean, we became a group of designers that were actually transforming what fashion had been like before, before us. And mm-hmm. we were doing fashion shows and we were in magazines and we, we would almost be feeding off each other, even though our styles were completely different. I feel like we were inspiring each other and we were moving together. Yeah, so that was, uh, no? yeah, a sense of community. Yes. That, that, that felt like a really special time to go back to and be part of. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that also, they were, I believe that we shouldn't be kind of like allowed of selecting a career path when we're 18, right? We're only, we're yeah. kind of like discovering ourselves. And most of us, we studied something and we end up, you know, becoming something else. And, you know, we should be more open and, uh, you know, accept that because it's, it, it, it happens a lot. You know, we are way too young at 18 to, to, uh, to be deciding what are, what is going to be our, our, our life's profession, right? Yes. And I'm sure that, You know, you use philosophy in fashion, right? Almost we yes. can use philosophy on everything that we're doing. So tell yes. us a little bit about how you combine fashion and philosophy, how they dialogue. Um, I feel like it's something that philosophy left, um, left me with was definitely the way you approach a question like you mm-hmm. start thinking about like okay what is your question and then you start kind of like feeling how how to solve it and um, and in that sense i always have like a very clear concept but then i start choosing yeah like different colors different different fabrics different shapes to represent this idea um like for example there's a there's a shirt that's that's become a really a classic piece for my for my brand but it was it was created thinking of making a piece that would resemble how consciousness works mm-hmm. it needs to be like within a specific like space and time so for that i wanted a shirt to be like geometric in some way so it's almost like if you see the pattern it's more like a, a square or rectangle Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, consciousness is always flowing. So it's flowing within this space and time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the fabric I chose is more like a, like a light cotton or sometimes we make it with like a, a cotton silk that's also really light. So as you wear it, it becomes like a really flowy piece that also mm-hmm. allows almost like it's inclusive because it allows anybody to, to fit in that shirt. Um So, so kind of like that, it's just like, okay, I have this idea and then I'm like, okay, how do I see that idea in like the physical world? And it's mm-hmm. that shirt, right? Mm-hmm. 
Totally. So it's almost just like a reminder, like, okay, consciousness is always flowing, you know, it's, totally. but it also needs like a specific form to contain it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Do you have more pieces of clothing that have uh, these kind of messages? Yeah, I would say all my clothing have that kind of messages. That was just an example. Mm -hmm. um, and another like, yeah, staple piece is my ponchos, like the one I'm wearing. They are also unisex and one size only. So they really, again, they include everyone. And I feel that what's important to me with these pieces is to make them uh, be so soft. Mm -hmm. that when you wear uh, soft and also they're also a little shapeless so they allow room for people to be creative and decide how to wear it themselves but then the softness of the poncho is definitely more to resemble connection and it almost feels like a hug mm -hmm. it's like as you wear it, it feels like you're hugged you're like connected oh, yeah. you know and you're connected to yourself really but you're connected mm -hmm. to the world as well you belong mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so yeah that's wonderful. I love it. And I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit, where are kind of like your main sources of inspiration? I know that it, that um, in the text that I read before, it was about talking about yoga and talking about kind of like these meditative spaces. Um, where else do you find your inspiration? Yes. So I would say in those moments of silence is where I find the most inspiration because it almost feels that when I'm doing yoga or meditating, it almost feels like I can listen to mm -hmm. those ideas that I want to express. Mm -hmm. But definitely other places are books. Like sometimes it could be poetry or it could be philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, books are always a big source of inspiration. Mm, totally. Uh, conversations with my friends, like my closest friends, uh, they are always very inspiring. So I feel like then you kind of like go deeper into one idea and then it becomes bigger. So yes, conversations with friends. Um, and then, yeah, spending time with my kids. I feel motherhood these days is a very inspiring time for me. Yes. So the more I embrace it and the more I surrender to it, the more information that comes from that. Of course, of course. And for example, um, some people might see you and see like, oh my God, this is a very successful designer that, you know, is doing amazing things over in New York. What advice could you tell, you know, people, it could be younger people or, or people who are just starting out their careers as a fashion designer. What advice would you give to them? I would say, um, to like believe in yourself, believe that you have something valuable to share with the world. And then be patient. I mean, like, like things don't happen over time. I feel like the better things in life actually take time. So, so you, yeah, it's good to be patient as well. And for example, if, if, if they want to start, where, sh where should, should they start? It should be studying. It should be kind of like doing their first, you know, piece of clothing. It should be where? Well, I feel like they should listen to themselves to know like what they need. But I would say studying is like a really good place to start because you have the space and the support of a teacher and a group of students that can help you kind of like understand a little bit more what you want to make. And then once you have those, um, 
kind of like those roots mm-hmm. to to the technique and to yeah to the creativity that you can get inspired by being with other people then you can actually focus on making your first piece and i would say that's almost like the beginning like if you want to be a fashion designer you need to make a piece of clothing right so that's the first step and then from there i would say the trickier part would be how to share it Mm -hmm. and usually i would say the simplest way of seeing it is to share it almost like locally and then it almost like starts like like it becomes like a ripple effect Mm -hmm. so just with like your close people and then from there something else will move and then from there something else will move on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally um another question that comes to mind is the relationship that artists have with spirituality right um what is the role in your opinion of an artist in the spiritual awakening Well, I definitely feel artists are, yeah, artists have a really important role in spiritual awakening because I feel that art is a more subtle language that can talk about all these paths people can take. Mm -hmm. So it is really more of like an emotion. It is really more of um, like becoming more conscious. And I really like this movement that fashion is going through where it's really more about being sustainable, being fair, being transparent. I feel like it is just an example of how as a human society, the more we act that way, the more we can grow together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've seen that this movement around about becoming sustainable is uh, impregnating hard inside the fashion industry. And I believe because, you know, Obviously, every industry has its own sustainability problem, right? And some industries may have it um, bigger, some industries may have it uh, in lower proportions, right? And what is, for example, your commitment regarding sustainability or regarding um, reusing part of, uh, of the clothes that you create? Or where do you manufacture them? Like, what is, yes. what is the commitment of the brand Paola Hernandez with sustainability? Yeah, that is a really good question. I asked myself that and I feel the first step that I that I did was ask myself, how can this brand be sustainable? And I feel like in fashion there can be um, there can be it can be very wasteful the way you develop even samples and stuff. So now what I've been doing is more developing the samples myself at my studio. So that becomes less wasteful because as you see how the sample is going, you can make the changes on the spot instead of waiting for a sample to come to me from the factory and then send it back and back and forth. So that's like one example. But then at the same time, something that's been really important to me is to create pieces Mm -hmm. that can last for generations. Mm. So in that sense, it's not wasteful. It's something that it's so meaningful that you want to keep and pass along to, to future generations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like another way. And then the materials I like using, they're mainly natural. They, they're like more wool mm-hmm. and, and silk and cotton. So, yeah. And it's about kind of like creating, um, 
kind of like pieces that work for many generations, right? That they don't go out of fashion, no? Yes. Inside exactly. a, a sector that constantly is reinventing itself because, you know, seasons in the fashion industry, it's kind of like, like that, no? It's kind of like reinventing yourself and leaving more things out of fashion constantly, constantly, right? Mm -hmm. how, how can you compete with that? How could you um, create pieces that last uh, many years when the fashion industry is constantly changing decisions and more or less kicking, you know, um, last season's clothing out? metaphorically yes i mean yeah i like to create pieces that feel a little seasonless uh that definitely feel timeless so that you can almost combine like something that you bought from my brand 10 years ago with something that i'm making now so it's almost like you keep on adding to it instead of thinking of like replacing it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like the difference. Amazing. And let's jump a little bit more on the emotional development that happens. As you know, um, emotions is a, a core aspect of Luan. And I would like to dive in a little bit more on that aspect. How you use fashion, the, the creation process in your emotional development um, aspect. Hmm. How do you combine? Do you use, for example, your work so you can process emotions? Are they completely um, non-related to your work? What is the role of emotion? No, definitely. I feel, I feel like the hands are the direct connection to the heart. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as I create, my hands become like a, an extension of those emotions. And sometimes it's been about honoring people that, that I've met that inspired me. So then my creation is almost like, um, yeah, a memorial to them or or just acknowledging like these people that have inspired me or what other emotions? I mean, definitely love is one of the emotions that I like to express the most through my creation. And I feel it comes direct from the heart to my hands. And that's why like, I really like, mm -hmm. yeah, I really like uh, using my knitting machine to make sweaters. But lately I've also been uh, learning how to use a back strap loom, like the ones that they use in Mexico, that's called telar de cintura, mm. where it actually goes like behind your back. So you are weaving and you're, you're part of it. It feels like your body is part of, uh, of the loom. And in that sense, I feel that, yeah, like my emotions kind of guide me through that or sometimes yeah I, I, as i'm creating it could also feel like a healing experience mm -hmm. so then if i start feeling maybe at the beginning of making that piece if i'm sad for some reason as i'm making it it almost feels again like a hug that brings me forward to to love mm -hmm. that's beautiful and i and i think that the intention that you put on your clothing, I think it is really the way I can tell you as a consumer that it is felt with your with your clothing. I have kind of like this um, sweater from you. I think it was, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, maybe. And um, and I think it's kind of like a, it's kind of like something that really uh, communicates love and embraces me. 
So it's amazing to see that your intention goes all the way through to the to the um, to what the consumer is receiving from you, and I think that's outstanding. Amazing, Paula. Yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's the best gift I can get from <laughs> all of that. Amazing yes. to have that coherence, right? From your intention yes. to the message that your client or your consumer is actually receiving for you. Yes. That's amazing. Um, thank you, Paula. I would like to uh, start with some uh, questions. The idea of this is just kind of like to answer something short. It, it, it can be one word, it could be a few words, but you know, kind of like keep it short and simple. No? So for you, art is what? Expression. Mm. Your favorite author? Mm. Lately, I really like Young Pueblo. Mm. I agree with you. He's amazing. An advice that changed your life? To slow down. The best quality in humans? Compassion. A book that you recommend? Mm. Mm. I mean, lately I've been exploring um, more <laughs> gardening. Like I, I, I want to create my own flower garden to create dyes from that. So there's a book by Florette that tells you how to create your own flower garden. Mm. So it's like kind of unrelated, but I'm really into it these days. Yeah. Your favorite emotion? My favorite emotion. Happiness. What feeds your soul? Human connection. The most pressing issue for humanity. The most pressing what? Pressing issue for humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah, global warming, I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If humans can agree on this, you would be very happy. What would that be? Mm. That we belong together. Mm. What would you like to scream to the whole world? Mm. Mm. That they are exactly where they're meant to be right now. Something you expect with joy in 2022? Something I expect? Yes, with, with, with joy. Something that you're looking forward to. Oh, okay, that I'm looking forward to in 2022. Mm. Oh, yeah. Release a collection that I've been developing with artisans from Oaxaca. That's mm. going to be in 2022. Amazing. What is... What is it that you have lived that no one could miss experiencing? Mm. I mean, it's kind of radical, but 
yeah, jumping out of a plane, like that was really empowering and it made me feel alive. So probably that. <laughs> But I, I, I can understand how that's not for everyone. It could be very intense. Yes, no, but it's for you, right? And for you, it felt yes. exhilarating. <laughs> yes. I love that. And Paola, just, I, I can't help but ask you, tell us a little bit about this collection that you're releasing with uh, Oaxacan Artisans. So yeah, this, um, this year I, I started connecting with them and we, we have been collaborating. Uh, there's this specific group of artisans in Oaxaca that uh, they also have a farm where they, where they have the silkworms and then they use the silk cocoons to create the thread by hand. And then from there, they, they weave it with that backstrap that I was saying, and then they dye it with natural dyes. So this time it feels more co like a collaboration because I am embracing what they are good at and what their traditions have been so far. But then from there, I'm taking them a step forward by making pieces that that feel more contemporary but at the same time they feel really comfortable and and, and I really like how I'm in, I'm, I am embracing their traditions but just almost like bringing it like one step um, forward to become more contemporary so a lot of them are like rebosos and dresses with pilas um And they're all like really beautiful pieces. I mean, I'm really proud of everything that we've been doing. Uh, it takes time because it's really handmade from the beginning to the end. Uh, but, but it's been a really great experience to be able to work with them. Mm. I was just about to, to ask exactly that. How has been the experience with working with them? What have you both, what, what have you feel that you both have learned from each other? Um, yeah, I feel that I, I have, uh, a bigger appreciation for things that are handmade mm -hmm. and, and for them, I feel like they have felt reassured knowing that what they're making is already beautiful, mm -hmm. but I'm just almost helping them take it one step forward. Mm -hmm. So, so the next I feel, I feel empowered as well. Mm-hmm. And I think also their creative processes are quite interesting, right? Because sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in my experience with artisans, it's kind of like they get in the flow really fast, really fast. They start doing it and then they get, you know, this, they get lost in time and they are completely immersed in the activity that they're doing. And I sometimes think that, you know, Maybe, you know, for other people that could be more westernized or whatever we want to call it, we might take a little bit of, you know, uh, more time to get in the flow. What have you seen the difference between uh, people that you've worked with creatives over in New York in um, accessing flow in difference with Oaxacan artisans? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say maybe the Oaxacan artisans take their time. Mm -hmm. And people in New York are a little bit more like fast paced. Mm -hmm. So it's more like, mm -hmm. so it's a different flow. Mm -hmm. They're both really good. And I feel like I'm almost like in between those two. Translating uh, both languages. Right? Yeah, translating <laughs> both worlds. Um, You're the yeah. interpreter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Oh, yeah, Paola, it's amazing. Is there any other message that you would like to share? Anything that you feel that um, that your soul wants to express? Mm. Just thank you. Thank you. I feel really thankful sharing my work. Thank you, Paola. It has been wonderful to have you here. Thank you for uh, joining us in uh, Luan, and it has been an amazing experience. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.